Good evening, everyone. It's good to have you with us. And, uh, to realize that, uh, to go back, when I went back and opened my notes up on my book that I write my notes in, uh, I just counted the, the scripture verses that we looked at last week, and I'm not sure that we looked at all of them at one time, but we did a few of them the week before, then, in the study before, but there were 21 places there that Jack had left for us to look at in, in his workman's interlinear. And, and it was, uh, basically most of that was quotes, uh, of scripture that, uh, was quoted and, 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 and that brought us to the understanding in our study last week about the, the ox uh, that treadeth the corn would eat eat part of the corn. But uh, and, and I think that turned into a real good study, but it made us to realize, too, that everything that we have comes from the Lord. And it's it, it was put in motion that way when Adam and Eve were booted out of the Garden of Eden. And so that, that was part of the, the whole situation with Adam's uh, thing there that uh, he got involved in with all that stuff. And, and uh, so down through the years uh, of, of uh, Abram being called by God and given the, uh, the uh, understanding that, that through it turned out to be Abraham that through Abraham's seed would be uh, a group of people that would be uh, unique in a sense because they were the ones that that had uh, the promise of, of dealing with God's word to mankind uh, down through the ages and, and they just didn't do what and never did really do what they should have done, but uh, here we are. Uh, and, and whenever God did deal, deal with people, it was either with uh, people like Moses that he had chosen, or it was prophets. And often or more times than not, the prophets if they got the word of God and started putting it forth and uh, the Israelites had never heard it before, then a lot of them wouldn't accept it. And because by not accepting it, they, they didn't look at it as being the law. But you see, the law was given for them uh, to show them that there was one out there that was coming and, and it was going to be God's man and man's God. And uh, so, therefore, uh, they didn't put much faith a lot of times in prophets. Well, here we are. We, we went through two or three dispensations here. And we got to this last dispensation. And they were still kind of that way a little bit. And, and whatever... 
a man of God was called, if they hadn't heard it before, they, they didn't readily accept it. But, it's, but, but it does say this. And, and it says in the scripture, if it, if it was put that way in, in your Bible, then, then most of them could accept it. They, they didn't have an argument for it. Uh, and even, even to the apostle Paul, you know, God gave him a bunch to say. And, and people that were called out or chosen to carry on these messages, and here we are in nine uh, or seven epistles that uh, that uh, was given to Paul to give to us for this day, for the latter day, and uh, and so then Paul is turning around and looking at Timothy, young Timothy. And he looked at him as his own son. And uh, sometimes Timothy would get a little lax. Well, Timothy knew Scripture too. And he knew that if something was said that didn't really go with the people, that he was in a little peril, like the prophets. And so Paul kept having to kind of punch him with a, with a goat a little bit to uh, to keep Timothy on board and keep him going because here's two of these epistles that's wrote written to Timothy to carry on this mysterious truth when Paul's gone and so you know this is a big deal with with Paul and, and because it uh, the body of Christ is not complete yet. And so therefore, until the body of Christ is complete and full, there needs to be those that uh, will teach and preach this word rightly divided, as Paul says, and to prove their ministry. And so here we are. And then this is the situation. And so this goes back to kind of back to the law a little bit again. Uh, and, and we're going to go back to Deuteronomy probably a couple of times here. If I'll shut up and get started. And, uh, and, uh, but, but this is, this goes all the way back to Deuteronomy and we'll, we'll find that out shortly. Study number 151 in uh, what we have described as wisdom plus Jack Everly's uh, workman's interlinear because this is where we can, uh, it'll, it'll give us the Greek, but it, it's brought down back down to the English again. And we're going to start with 19 of chapter 5. Uh, and and we're getting on toward the, the last of First Timothy too. And I'm gonna read it in the King James version, and then I'm gonna read my notes, and we'll read what Jack says about it. That's the way we've been doing it. It says this, and we just got done with a 
with the deal with the the, the the ox being muzzled or not to be muzzled because uh, God takes care of his animals the way he takes care of people also. And so Paul added something on to the end of that too. So uh, I wasn't sure that everybody was really seen and understood that. But anyway, it was 18 was a two-part verse. And very, very well laid out by Jack, too, I thought. It says, uh, against an elder. We're still talking about elders here. And a lot of the elders were to take care of the uh, assembly or church, if you want to call it a church, but to take care of the assembly. And also to take care of his house or his property. And a lot of them had a lot of stuff to take care of. And some elders would would teach in the assembly and some would not. And uh, I don't know if they felt like they didn't have enough knowledge to do that or what. But, you know, these things are as varied as is uh, congregations are everywhere, you know, because nobody seems to believe the same thing this, this day and age. Yeah. So it says this, Against an elder receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. And uh, so... It's a very short verse, but still, this is the way they looked at it because it's in the law. It is in the law of Moses. What we're reading here. And it says, Receive not an accusation of one witness alone of an elder, but before two or more witnesses. Look at it. And make judgments on it. Because if you're over a group of people, what we would call a church or an assembly, uh, sometimes there's disagreements that comes up that needs to be taken care of. And they need to be taken care of immediately, pretty much. But not do it on one man says this and another man says this because... You know, it's just a one-on-one situation. That way that you... And, and even when you go... And I was a magistrate for seven years, and I went down a couple of days to Columbia, and uh, that's one of the first things they said. If you can get more witnesses, get as many witnesses as you think is necessary where you can make a determination between two parties. Because they told you right straight up front. Generally speaking, if it's between two parties, one of them is going to go away mad. Or maybe both of them are going to go away mad. Or maybe... Depends on how it turns out. Or, or maybe they're, they're mad at you. And, and I found that to be absolutely the truth. The Lord, I found out also that there was so much going on in the community that I didn't know. kind of made me scared. 
because sometimes you don't know what's going on in the household right beside you almost. And and uh, so this, I think that's the reason this was brought up. Okay. Now, there's a few places that we need to look at here, but let's go back to uh, verse 19 again. And look in Jack's uh, interlinear. And we'll read it as it comes out of the Koine Greek. And it says this, Against elder, an accusation not received, unless except upon two or three witnesses. And then, Back down to the the more the way it was taken from the uh, uh, King James Version. It says, Receive not an accusation against an elder unless upon two or three witnesses. And then Jack makes the statement here. And, And his notes are this. It has long been Scripture that no assembly or congregation is to hear an accusation against an elder from a single complainant or accuser. Also, one who acts in some appointed official capacity within the congregation must not even listen to such accusations. This has been a Jewish tradition as well. However, the scripture must be the guide, whatever side considerations there might be. We urge a thorough examination and application of the following scriptures. So we're going to look at John, we're going to look at Deuteronomy, we're going to look at Matthew, and we're going to look at Second Corinthians. So let's go back and look at Deuteronomy first because, you know, we need to go back to where it says. So let's go to Deuteronomy. It's on page uh, 265 if uh, you have a companion Bible. And it's Deuteronomy uh, 19. In Deuteronomy 19, we're going to look at, let me get straightened out here where I'm at. Uh, Deuteronomy, we're going to look at 15 through 19. Deuteronomy 19, 15 or 14. No, we'll do it 15 through 19. Because 14 goes back to the removing the neighbor's landmarks or the his property line. But it says this, One witness shall not rise up against the man for any iniquity or for any sin in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. 
And if a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that which is wrong, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priest and the judges, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition, meaning that you're going to thoroughly be questioned. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. So you see, the law says if you lie about somebody and you find that that man has lied to the other man, then whatever the other man's disposition is, that should be his disposition too. Now, is there any question here about this? You know, you, you don't just, in this day and age, when they do it, they call it churchy. Because I've been churched. And it was by one man against my testimony of which the testimony or the, the, the thing was the word was hell. And I had not taught that, but my friend had. And so when they churched me, they might as well have churched him because he left at the same time. So here we go. So that, that was, that, that was the way that worked out. And then this man has come back to my friends more times than one and said I was wrong. But he has never come back to me and said that. Which is alright. If he did me a great service, because I, I would not know this day if I'd have stayed where he had stayed at. I would have not known what I know about Scripture. Freedom today. from bondage. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So you, the Lord does work in mysterious ways. You see how this works out, okay? And uh, uh, you know, I hate I hated that it happened, and I, I didn't ask for it, but I got it, and I said, okay. If that's what you guys want, I'll be gone. Okay, the other one is Matthew 18. And uh, Matthew 18, and I believe it's just one verse here, but 16. Well, let's, let's go back to 15. 18.15 in Matthew, and that's on page uh, 13.50 if you have a companion Bible. It says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. 
And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the assembly or the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be as unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. So that's what it says in Matthew. So, see, it carries the law on into the next area or the next area of people here. Okay, the next one is in John, John 5. Uh, and boy, Jack's pretty good on, on coming up with these scripture verses. I know it took him a long, a long time in his book to establish these things. And I really appreciate his work. There's two places in John. John 5, 45. Well, let's, let's go back to 41. He said, I receive not honor from men, but I know you, that you have not the love of God in you. I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. Now, this is Christ talking. If another shall come in his own name, him will you receive. How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God only. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in what you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. For he wrote of me. Okay, we go then from John 5 to John 8. Let's look at John 8. John 8, 17. And that's on page 1537 if you have a companion Bible. We need to to look at this. It says in 12, Then spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Uh, The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record's not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and whither I go. But you cannot tell from whence I came or whither I go. You judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet, if I judge 
My judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. That makes always have the witness. Yeah. And yet, if I judge, my judgment is true, and I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law. Uh-oh. That the testimony of two men is true. So they didn't have a leg to stand on in that point. Okay, we're going to go from John to Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 13. Second Corinthians 13, let's see, 1. Or more. <laughs> this is the third time I'm coming to you, Paul says. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time. And being absent now, I write to them which heretofore have sinned and to all other that if I come again, I will not spare. Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you, for though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God, for we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves. That's pretty plain stuff. Pretty plain English. So, here we are. Not hard to tell the Corinthians was written as a correction book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here we are, you know. These these people that says, Well, I want proof. I gotta have proof. Well, how can you get into a man's mind? If there's just one saying one thing, one saying the other, you can't really get into his mind. It, and it's hard to know what is in a man's mind until he does something that he can't deny. Okay? Okay, so let's look at verse 20. Because we're going down to finish up this particular chapter of the book. Well, it goes down to 6 too. But as we go on down through it, Paul is writing this to Timothy. And basically he doesn't call his name, but he he said, look, son, don't get yourself in this situation. Because they may do you like he doesn't prophets. He doesn't say that, but there's an idea here that this is the reason why Timothy didn't get more involved than he did. Okay, verse 20.
So he says in 20, Them that sin rebuke before all, that others also may fear. So he's saying, you know, they don't took two or three of you get in a room and make this decision. If you're doing it for an assembly or for the church or whatever you call it, bring it before the church. That's what's called full transparency. Huh? That's what's called full transparency. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Everybody knew it if you did it. Yeah. So that, and, 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 you know, this is, this is pretty good understanding here. Okay. So that's, that's another small kind of verse here. Them are those that sin rebuke. And rebuking the Strongs is 1651. And that's Elenco. And it is a reprimand or conviction to reprove a fact or an accused before the assembly. And why? That others also may fear. And so they... uh, A little thing that that, uh, Jack wrote too, and this goes back to the Coine group, It says this in the Koine Greek. Those that sin before all convict that also the rest may fear that also the rest fear may have. And then it comes down to the English uh, more like you generally find in the King James Version, it says, Before all convict those that sin, that also the rest may have fear. Okay. And Jack's note says this, We're still talking about erring elders. While the accusations must be sure and slow in coming, Once it is established, there can be no holding back on the rebuking and the exhort and the ex, the rebuking and exhorting. They should be in fear of God. And also the rest of the elders should fear the working against them of God's power until they are repentant and forgiven. So, there's always a chance that it could involve others too that took sides one way or the other. We'll get into that in the next verse. Okay. And there's uh, one, two, three. There's four places that uh, Jack says to look at. But I want to read you something that I looked at and found, and my study is, I got started, so I'm going to add uh, one of my own verses to Jack's verses. And I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 14. 
We was looking at 2 Corinthians a while ago, but let's go back to 1 Corinthians. and read 21 through 26 on page 1720 if you have a companion Bible. 21 through 26. And this was what I found and I, I, when I read it again I wanted to be sure that we understood this too. In the law it is written. Okay, here we are. In the law of Moses, it's written down. And I didn't, I didn't, uh, let's see, it says the scripture of the Old Testament are called the law, the law and the prophets, the law includes Isaiah just as John 10. Now, the law is the prophets and the Psalms. Here in the law includes Isaiah just as in John 10, and it includes the Psalms. So, let's see what it says. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet, For all that will they not hear me, saith the Lord. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. If therefore the whole assembly they come together into one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelieved will they not say that ye are mad but if all prophecy and there come in one that believeth not or one unlearned he is convinced of all that he is the judge of all and thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of the truth. In verse 26, How is it then, brother, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, Hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath a revelation, and hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. So, you know that this, those verses of scripture right there carries. A situation where, uh, you know, when you go back to, to Acts 10, when the sheep was let down, and God told Peter to take it eat, and he said, no, Lord, I ain't. 
I ain't never done that. Don't do that. He said, yeah, but what I'm telling you is what I consider clean now. You can eat that. So, Peter had a little problem with that. But, guess what? The first one he went back to was to Cornelius' house. And Cornelius was the one that had sent for him. And he was, he was not a, he was not a, an Israelite. And so you see that put, that, for the little bit of time there, that, that put Peter into a little situation. Because he was one that had the words of God, he was one that was with God, and he was one that would jump in and, and, uh, be strong in, in the first part of this understanding. Uh, he's the one that, that smote the ear in the book of John, smote the ear off of the man that, that was coming after Christ. And, and, and God healed the man there with that. But see, it, it's just, these people were understanding that, you know, if you can't prove it to me, I'm not going to believe it. That was the kind of folks. But that's, that's the people that God chose to carry on His message. I can't argue with that. No way I can argue with that. But here we are. Let's look at the rest of these. We're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at the book of John. John 3.20. Okay, John 3. Maybe starting a little bit. Uh, let's see, John 17 through 20. John 3, 17 through 20. Part of it's on one page. And part of it's the other. 15, 19, 15, 20. Okay. And it says this in John 3, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Nineteen, And this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For every one that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest 
and that they are wrought in God. Guess what? Verse 22 says, After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. So, sometimes when truth comes out, they just walk away. Because they're going to be the scoffers and they're not going to believe. They're just not going to believe. Okay, Second Timothy 4.2. Let's go to Second Timothy 4.2. This is on page 1813. Let's just start with one. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned in the fables. He says the lies just just that powerful. The lies is out there working against God and His truth. Okay. Let's go to Titus. Let's go to the next book over. We're going to go to Titus and we're going to look at one man. And we'll start with seven. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-will, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of God, men sober, of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. For they are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. And boy, is that a, is that a large condemnation upon the children of Israel. Yep. Wow. It says, whose mouth must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. So you see that's, that's part of that. Okay, and then, uh, 
Well, let's just go on down because 13 is the next verse that we want to look at anyway. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Christians are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. And 13 says, This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Okay. And then we're going to look at 2.15. Next page over. We're going to start at 11 here. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. What does it say? Verse 12. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And so this is what Paul had told them in Titus. You got, you got the tools to do it with, you do it. And let no man despise you. You do it in such a way that if he can't believe it, he'll walk off. But he won't start the battle. He'll walk off. Now, how much time we got left, Ron? It's 921. Well, let's just read the scripture. We may read it again next week anyway, but let's look at this next verse because it, it goes right along with, it goes right along with what we've, uh, been talking about here anyway. And, and we've got this, we've got this understanding in our mind now that this is the way it should be. And so we look at what Paul is telling young Timothy in verse 21. 21 says to Timothy, I charge thee, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels, that thou observe these things without preferring one before another, doing nothing by partiality. So again, here he's, he's, Paul is telling Timothy, don't get involved, boy, in taking sides. 
So I'm going to read my notes here. It says, I charge thee, or I honestly, earnestly testify before or in the presence of God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect or chosen messengers that thou, you, Timothy, observe, you see and guard these things without, apart from preferring one before another or becoming prejudiced by doing nothing according to inclinations. And this is called partiality. And that's as, that, that's as simple as I can say it. Let's look at one place. Let's go back to Deuteronomy 117. That's on page 238. Go back to Deuteronomy because Deuteronomy is 237, I think. Deuteronomy 1, 17. On page 238. You shall not respect persons in judgment. But ye shall hear the small as well as the great. Ye shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And the cause that is too hard for you, bring it unto me, and I will hear it. And I command you at that time, all the things which you should do. Now it says, if you can't hear it, if you're a judge and you can't hear it, and if it's, this comes down to this, you bring it before me and I'll tell you what to say. That's like the Holy Spirit. That is the work of the Spirit here working there. That The Spirit can tell you what to say because God does speak through the Spirit. And that's what the that's what the Spirit's there for. It's there for that question that we don't have the answer to. The direction is where we're supposed to go. It's like standing in the fork of a road somewhere if you're out on a journey for the will of God and you get to this fork in the road, you need to stop and ask. Then if there's no one there to ask, you ask the Spirit to lead and direct you. Because the Spirit will never, ever lead you wrong. Amen. Think about that. You know, I, I talk sometime about my GPS. That's, that's God's perfect Son is in me by the Holy Spirit. I may go places that I don't know where I'm at. 
But I'm going to tell you something, folks. I'm never lost. Because I have some way of understanding where I'm supposed to be or where I'm supposed to go and what I'm supposed to do. If I've got that, then I'm never lost. That's, that's my GPS. That's God's perfect Son in me. That's the Holy Spirit of God. I was chosen before God ever created anything. I was chosen in Him to be a saint of God. And I probably fail Him miserably a lot of times. But nevertheless, I am a chosen son of God by adoption into the family of God and Ephesians tells me that. Amen. And I used to judge man a little bit as a magistrate, but I soon got away from that because that was not... It took me seven years, but I realized that that's not where I wanted to go or not where I was supposed to go. Because during that time, I come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we are. Since 1951, all these years later, and I've been to a lot of places and looked around and said, Lord, where am I at? Why am I doing it? What, what am I here for? And I always seem some way or another to find the answer. And I I really can't lay it upon my feeble mind, but I have help. And I guess that's the reason I don't really tow the computer around very much. Because I'm never really lost. Thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for your love and understanding of the Scripture. Thank you for uh, the joy of being able to come and get together with you. And to sit at home and to try to work these things out and, and to get it in a way that can be presentable to you as God would have it done. And always, I thank Him for what He's done for me. God bless you. Hope you got something out of the study tonight. We'll pick it up again and go a little further next time. Love you all.